0: Obviously, you are used to seeing Charles uh, doing Bible study on a Wednesday night. Uh, tonight, I, I get to lead Bible study. Charles has another engagement, uh, and he asked if I'd stand in for him. And uh, yeah, I've been watching Wednesday night Bible studies for the last couple of months with my wife. Uh, have been enjoying going through One John. I kind of wish that I could just carry on with One John because I was excited to get to the next part of the scripture. Um, but this evening. We're going to just step away from 1 John for for this week, and we are going to look at a psalm. We're going to look at Psalm 121. Uh, Psalm 121, um, because uh, in truth, it's a psalm which speaks deeply to my heart. It's a psalm which, um, which I go to when I need encouragement. And this week, I've had need for encouragement, as I have no doubt many that are watching in on have too. And so, what I'm hoping is that as we go through the Psalm, we will see three compelling reasons to put our trust in the Lord. Maybe just as we kind of getting started, if you are um, either watching for the first time, I'd love to know who you are. If you put your, um, if you type into the comments, uh, I'll get to see that. So, do. Put out a hi. Uh, if you're one of the Bible studies which is tracking this uh, this online Bible study, then uh, then do say hi. I know that there's a group that uh, connects at Murachlut. I think that is the suburb's name. The Bible study with Peter Broly. and uh, it would be great to hear that you guys are online as well. I think that it is necessary that we. Open up in a word of prayer before we turn to God's word. And so I'm going to ask, would you bow your heads and pray together with me as we prepare our hearts and our minds uh, to interact with the word of the Lord. Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I do ask, Lord, that as we look and gaze into your word this evening, that, Lord God, it would be uh, an enjoyment for us as you bend our affections toward the things that you love, your word, your son, Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, your character, uh, your great works and your wondrous deeds. As we consider all of these things, Lord God, uh, might you receive much praise and glory from your saints as our hearts indeed respond to everything that we are learning. Um, Lord, I, I, I do ask that as we, as we, as we tackle the subject of trust, that, Lord, you would build trust in our lives, that we would trust you more, that we would follow you more dearly and more nearly, uh, and that we would live lives which truly glorify you before a watching world. And this I pray in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. He is our Lord and our Savior. Amen. So this evening, uh, I do want to... Greet the folk that are tuning in, whether you are on YouTube or whether you have linked across to us from Facebook. Um, It's always exciting, I think, on a Wednesday to know that there is opportunities to speak uh, to the church uh, in this way, knowing that many of you are following this Bible study um, and have been growing through it as you've been looking at the assurance of salvation and the multiple tests from 1 John. This evening, I've already said we're looking at Psalm 121, and I'd encourage you to open your Bibles there to Psalm 121. Let me start off by saying that in our day and age, it seems to me as if everyone is an individual. Well, I guess that goes without saying, but, but it's more than we're just individuals. We, we're individualistic by nature. We're, we're encouraged, even from childhood, to be strong and to carve out our own paths for ourselves, uh, to do whatever needs to be done, because if we don't do it for ourselves, no one else is going to do it for us. And so we protect ourselves. We build high walls around our houses and we install burglar alarm systems and outside beams in order to protect ourselves. And we safeguard our future by storing up riches for retirement, um, which money market funds, uh, which we hope will see us into our twilight years. Uh, And we try and cheat death by spending our hard earned shekels uh, on medical aids because we want to be masters of our own health and of our own wealth and of our own happiness. But what happens when things go wrong? And they do go wrong. What happens when the castles that we build around ourselves aren't strong enough to hold out the problems of this world? Because for all the safeguards that we put in place, we're as frail today as ever before. Uh, Thugs hijack our cars. They break into our homes. The world markets are like hungry beasts. They swallow up our investments. They gobble down our life savings. Our medical aids don't uh, stave away heart attacks or accidents or cancers. Calamity and catastrophe... And collapse are our constant bedfellows. Times of trial and times of tribulation fall upon man. And when doom visits you, and it will, where will you turn? Today's message from Psalm 121 helps us to consider three compelling reasons why we are to trust in the Lord rather than in ourselves, especially in these times of trial. So let's read the text, and then we'll work through the text verse by verse. Psalm 121 begins in verse 1 by saying, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. He will not let your foot Be moved. He will. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps you will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is the shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time for, uh, from this time forth and forevermore. Let me start off with point one for tonight. And this is going to be a good Baptist teaching. Three points, they come from the text. And the first point is this, the Lord will help you. We're considering three compelling reasons to put our trust in the Lord. And the first reason is the Lord will. Will help you. During times of tribulation, it's the Lord God who helps his own. Verse 1 says, I lift up my help, um, I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? Psalm 120 to Psalm 134 uh, are called pilgrim psalms or songs of ascent. They were sung by those who journeyed, by those who ascended up towards the temple in Jerusalem for the annual feasts. Now, Jerusalem is about 2,700 feet uh, in elevation above sea level. Now, if you turn to Psalm 120, verse 5, uh, you see something interesting in the text. This is the first Psalm of its end. It says, uh, in 120 verse five, woe to me for I sojourn, uh, in Meshech that I dwell among the tents of Kedar. Now I, I want to give you an idea of how far the pilgrims came from on their journey towards the holy city, towards Mount Zion. Meshech is in Asia Minor. It's literally hundreds of kilometers away from Jerusalem. Each psalm of the Song of Ascents is a step along a journey towards the holy city. Now Psalm 120 begins the journey in a distant land in hostile surroundings and Psalm 122 pictures the pilgrim arriving in Jerusalem. Psalm 121, which is nestled in between those two, speaks of this godly traveler who understands the danger of his path and who turns in trust to the one strength that he has, the Lord God Almighty, who the pilgrim sees as his helper, as his keeper, as his preserver. Verse 1 sets the scene of the Psalms. He says, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where does my help come? Now, this is not a a positive declaration of hope. This is a desperate cry of despair. A a few years ago, uh, I got to travel uh, the ancient trail up to Jerusalem. Uh, I was in an air-conditioned bus, which would have been a much easier trip than these pilgrims were making. Uh, But as I climbed through those hills towards the Holy City, I I literally ascended. It, It is a dry, desolate rugged road. It's devoid of settlements. It is barren. It's it's even foreboding. It is the perfect place and platform for travelers to be um, happened upon by thieves and bandits, for them to ambush soft, targeted travelers. The psalmist looks towards the hills And he anticipates the danger that lurks in those shadowy heights. His enemies, like predators, are prepared and poised to pounce. He knows that he's in trouble. What can he do? And the answer is given to us in verse 2. My help comes from the Lord who made the heaven and earth. Friends, as with All of God's children, our help is not found in the strength of man. It cannot be found in our own strength. It must come from the Lord. Our trust in God's ability to assist us in uh, in times of trial and tribulation is not misplaced when we consider that we're not putting our faith in the creation, but in the Creator. He who aids us is he who made the heaven and the earth. That same God who extends his loving care to us when we most need it it is the Lord who by his word wrought all that was not in existence. He is almighty. He is all powerful. He is all able. He is God. The psalmist points And the psalmist's point is that God not only desires to care for our needs, to help us, but that he's able to do exactly that which he wills. The God of creation is coming to our aid. I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 8, where Jesus Christ is sleeping in the bows of that boat on the Sea of Galilee when a frightful storm arose so that the waves swept over the boat, striking fear into the heart of those fishermen friends of Jesus. And as they rushed below to awaken him, their desire was aid in the face of certain destruction and doom. When Christ got up and rebuked the waves and the wind, We're reminded that the hands which so effortlessly flung stars into space are more than able to come to our aid in our hour of need. How many of us here today are facing times of trial, fear, problems, calamities? How many of us are looking up to the hills and crying out, where does my help come from? Do you turn to the Lord with your infirmities, your tragedies, your uncertainties? The creator of this world is both faithful and capable of taking care of your burdens, my friend. Let him be your God who is your refuge and your strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. The Lord will keep you. That's the second point. We've looked at the first point. The second point is the Lord will keep you. The first reason to trust in the Lord during times of tribulation is that the Lord, the creator of the heavens and the earth, can help his own. The second reason is to trust in the Lord during times of tribulation is that the Lord will keep his own. He will not suffer his foot to be moved. He that keepeth thee will not slumber. Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. That's the words of of verse 3 and 4. He will not let your foot be moved. Uh, Moving from the King James (laughs) to the ESV. He will not let your foot be moved. He who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The one thing I love about God's word is the personal pronouns that we found in it. Uh, Charles was talking about pronouns when we were looking at the book of Exodus a few weeks ago. Pronouns are good things to look out for uh, when you are going through a psalm or a piece of scripture. As we read this particular text in verse 3, notice how the psalmist attributes God's gracious keeping of the individual, thy foot, he that keepeth thee, The God of the universe who sustains the heavens above, who plots the paths of stars in the sky is also our Father who lovingly looks over us. This concept of keeping encapsulates the idea that God will enable you to stand firm and that you are safe in his protection. That is an amazing thought. God does not just offer help to those who are in need, but he also ensures that that help will be enough to sustain us through the trials that we are currently facing. That is an amazing comfort. That the faithful may stagger, says Calvin, that they might even be ready to fall altogether, yet as God sustains them by his power, they are ready to stand upright. Verse 5 and 6 continue this this thought of God keeping us. It says that the Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade on your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. The psalmist gets very practical here. The heart of the Holy Land can be intolerable. There's hardly any vegetation on the footpaths which cut through the gravelly ground and strewn rocks upon which the weary traveler must tread. The fatigued and exhausted are reminded that there is no provision and strength which comes not from the Lord. My friend, it is he who will shield you, he who will protect you. It is he who will uphold you. Think of the familiar words of Psalm 23. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you live knowing the reality of God's divine hand of protection in your life? When you're battered and broken, Beaten and sore, no will or energy left of your own. Do you turn to him who never gets weary, never gets tired, never fails, is never frail? Believer, you are able to say that the Lord is my strength and my shield. In him I put my trust. I am helped. My heart exalts. With my song, I will give thanks to him something else in my mind that needs to be discharged. Are you facing a trial in your life? Are you worried? Are you fearful because you're thinking that maybe this is one trial you just won't be able to overcome? Maybe just one difficulty that you won't be able to bear. Are you worried that you might fall away? That your faith, when it is tested, this time might break and you might be lost to God's grace. Well, then let me encourage you. If you turn to John chapter 10, verse 27 and following, you'll read Jesus' words. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they will follow me and I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. My father who has given them to me is greater than all and no one is able to snatch them out of the Father's hand. The Lord keeps his own. The Lord helps his own. The Lord keeps his own. And the Lord God preserves his own to the end. The first reason to trust the Lord during times of tribulation is that the Lord God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, will help his own. The second reason to trust the Lord during times of tribulation, is that the Lord God will keep his own. And the final reason given in Psalm 121 to trust the Lord during times of tribulation is that the Lord will preserve his own. Read together verse seven with me. It says, the Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. There's a change of gear Yeah, The psalmist has been Climbing towards a climatic conclusion that the Lord would be our helper is elevated when we recognize that the Lord is also our keeper, which in turn is exalted when we realize that the Lord, our God, is our preserver. The psalmist here has now risen above the temporal concerns of the body and is now considering God's ultimate preserving of the soul, that he might keep us from the clutches of sin. It's talking about evil, the perversions of error, protecting us from the lusts of this world. The flesh and the devil is a wondrous thought indeed. If you consider the glorious conclusion to Jude's short letter, we're going to be looking at that again on Sunday. I can't wait during the morning services uh, at Central Baptist Church, where where he too uh, extols this preserving work of the Lord as he breaks out into benediction now unto him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now and forever. Amen. Oh, we not moved to sound out a joyous, resounding amen? I see Beverly von is says exactly that. Thank you, Lord, that you help us during trials and tribulation and you keep our lives and you are our keeper and that we can trust our soul always to you. Praise your name. That's the logical response as you're going through this psalm. As you recognize the creator God helps you, as you recognize Father God keeps you, as you recognize that God himself will preserve you to the end of this journey. It says in verse 8, the Lord will keep your going out and your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The psalmist ends with a pledge that could hardly be stronger or more sweeping. Your going out and your coming in is not only a way of saying everything in closer details. It draws our attention to one's ventures and enterprises perhaps even by another association of this pair of verbs, to the dawn and sunset of of one's days. A commentator named Kidna said that. This is an all-encompassing preservation of God, of his saints. My friends, that we would learn to lean more heavily upon him who can bear our weight. When our load is weighty, and our weakness is laid bare, it is then that he is most strong, most capable, most able to keep and preserve us to the end. The American Baptist missionary, Adoniram Johnson, reflecting on this psalm, made the following statement. He has not led me so tenderly thus far to forsake me at the very gates of heaven, God will preserve us to the, our journey's end. There are three reasons in this psalm to trust in the Lord during times of tribulation. The, the first reason is that the Lord will help his own, the second reason is that the Lord will keep his own, and the final reason is that the Lord will preserve his own. Friends, like the psalmist, we are all travelers journeying through this world of ills and woes. And as we tread on the path and as you pass through the valleys of despair and the deserts of desolation, I plead with you to turn and rest upon him who can truly help you. You can safely protect, he can safely protect you to him who will ultimately preserve you to the glory of God and to the praise of his son, Jesus Christ, who is our Lord. Amen. Well, I just want to read one or two of the the comments of uh, folk that have been listening in. Uh, It's always good to to hear those and to see those. And so Mishingu, uh, who is from Word of Life, South Africa, really cool to have you with us. Thanks for joining us this evening. And uh, Thelma says thank you mark for reminding us again that God is our helper our sustainer and our preserver blessings Thelma I also saw uh, les bray uh, send through a, a note on uh, whatsapp which is sneaky because you were supposed to send it through on uh, on YouTube but that's okay <laughs> um, nice that you were able to join us les as well folk as we as we come to the end of uh, of tonight's uh, Bible study, our online Bible study, I do want to leave you with one or two questions that you can ask, one or two questions that you can ponder on. The first is this, um, the Lord, according to the psalm, very clearly is um, presented as our helper. Where, either in the past or in the present, have you needed help from the Lord? If you're in a small group Bible study environment and setting this might be a great opportunity for you to be vulnerable and to express some of the areas where you truly need God's help where you are looking up to the hills and crying out where will my help come from let's consider that second point that that keeping point and yeah I want you to consider the past and um, uh, what places either in your life in the past um, or if you want to go for gold and get all the points, <laughs> um, where can you think of examples in Scripture where God has kept his people safe? So either examples of where God has kept you safe in the past, where he has truly shown himself to be a father who cares for you, his child. Um, what are examples of that that you can think of? And then lastly, uh, this idea of preservation. I want to apply that in two ways. Um, For those of you who are believers, uh, I'd like you to to apply it as you talk in your group around the kind of assurance that you have um, as you serve a God who is sovereign and in control and who is able to preserve you even to the end. What kind of assurance does that give you? Or what kind of joy does that elicit in your heart? Lastly, As you think of this idea of preservation, if you're watching YouTube this evening and you haven't yet placed your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior, I want you to briefly hear the gospel. And if you need more clarity, I'd urge you to go and speak to a pastor or a friend that is saved as soon as you possibly can. Jesus came into this world because you are a sinner, just like me and just like every other human being that has ever lived. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and the wages of our sin is death. In reality, uh, we have no hope. We have uh, no uh, possible uh, way of escaping the wrath of God, which is to come, except for this God himself came into this world, Emmanuel, God with us, the person of Jesus Christ, the babe of Bethlehem, was born into this world and lived a perfect life, a sinless and spotless life, so that he could go to a cross and die for sins he did not deserve. He could die as a substitute in his place, in our place. He died. He took upon him the full wrath of God that it might be satisfied in him. And we know that it was satisfied because Jesus Christ rose from the grave and was witnessed by the disciples and and by 500 people at one time. They worshipped him because they recognized that he is King of kings and Lord of lords. He has ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father on high and he will soon come to judge the living and the dead. On that day, there will only be two types of people, those who have trusted in his name and have been put aside, uh, sanctified for eternal life, set apart from the world. And another group of people, those who are trusting in their own self-works, in their own goodness or their own righteousness when they stand before the throne of God. Friend, this evening, let me tell you, put your faith and your trust in Jesus Christ and you will live. You will live abundantly in this world, and you will live eternally in the world to come as you worship Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Savior. And to those whom he saves, he will preserve to the end. You can be sure of it because he is God and he is able. Do it at once. Do it immediately. Do not delay. Run to the cross of Jesus Christ and live. That brings us to the end of our Bible study this evening. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining us. It was great to be with you. I enjoyed it Um, and recognize that many of you are now going to be going and thinking uh, about those questions around helping, around keeping, and around the preserving work of God. God bless you all.